Hello, KMA land, and welcome to the Thursday and my final segment of the week here on The Double X Factor. I'm Spencer Williams, and Sandy and I have been chatting about feeling isolated this week. Isolation is quite simply put, a lack of connections. And research shows that isolation can manifest into depression, anxiety and self-harm, suicidal thoughts, and an increased risk of substance abuse. Now, Sandy and I can only encourage you to seek professional assistance if you're struggling with those problems. Our goal is to help you fight feelings on isolation before it goes that far. So that's what I'm attempting to do today. We tend to see isolation in three different categories. Physical isolation, which is objective. It's based on the actual number of people we have around us. We have faced physical isolation many times in the last two years based on the pandemic. Then there is loneliness, which is very subjective. It's the gap between what we desire for connection and what we are actually experiencing. It's subjective because our gaps come in all sizes based on our desire. Some of us crave constant connection, while some of us are fine with very little. Finally, there is isolation in the sense of not feeling seen. We can share the same physical space with someone, but still feel alienated or invisible. All three forms of isolation can turn into bigger problems when not addressed. But don't take it from me. Take it from BeyondDifferences.org. They're a social-emotional learning program and professional development aiming to spot loneliness and social isolation in younger students, but their teachings can apply to all ages. They say that being connected to others is how we've survived. When we feel lonely or socially disconnected, our brain goes into fight-or-flight mode. Not only do we feel unhappy when we feel lonely, but we also feel unsafe. When this happens, we turn more inward and may become fearful or suspicious of others and see threats where there are none. This heightened sense of fight or flight increases our cortisol levels, which impacts our sleep, weakens our immune system, and leaves us more susceptible to viruses and other illnesses, end quote. So again, it's like I said on Tuesday, this is a cycle that goes back and forth, increasing the damaging effects each time around. And also, like I try to say almost every other day, I don't like to explain a problem to you and then leave you without any ideas for offsetting it. But I'm also very aware that I can give you a list of tips, none of which are easy to implement, but it's ultimately up to you to know which is harder on you, feeling isolated or making the necessary changes. So here we go. First, studies show that gratitude help us feel more positive. Try starting out with one good thing that happens to you each day. Then when that becomes a habit, add another and so forth. Next, pursue some meaningful activities, but the key is meaningful to you. Start pursuing activities for yourself that engage your mind, body, and spirit. It can't be what someone else wants to do. This has got to be a focus on you. Next, we all know that feeling less than is a big contributing factor to our feelings of isolation. Try to avoid the comparison game where no one ever actually wins. Enjoy the satisfaction that you are doing the very best you can with what you have in this very moment. And finally, my word for the week, solitude. Solitude is different from loneliness because it's, it's the state of being alone without feeling lonely. Solitude gives us an opportunity to connect with ourselves. And psychologist Lisa Coyne says to set aside a period of time each day to check in with yourself. Engaging in small mental choices and small habitual changes over time can give you a sense of self-efficacy, esteem, and comfort with yourself. And one mental choice and habit that I would recommend is checking out Sandy's take on this topic tomorrow. As always, we thank you so much for making the double X factor a part of your day right here on KMA.